Ready to listen in on the conversation with a marketing leader? Well, you're in the right place because that's what CMO Convo is all about. This time we're joined by Liz Tassi, VP of Marketing at Blue Ocean AI, and we're talking all about the responsibilities of marketing leaders when the economy is looking dire. In this oh-so-relevant episode, we dive into CMOs and marketing leaders' duties to their brand, their team, and their customers. Listen on to find out more. Hi, Liz. Welcome to CMO Convo. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing, Will? I'm good. I'm good. And as always, when I'm on this episode, on this show, and when I'm speaking to CMO, well, heads of marketing like yourself, I'm very excited about this conversation because it's one that's very, very relevant to what's going on right now. We're, we're talking about navigating a brand through tumultuous times, specifically economic, economically tumultuous times. But we've just been through some very, very tumultuous times that affect the economy. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be very, very, and it's still tumultuous stuff going That's on. Like stop. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> so I think, I, I know probably a lot of stuff we're going to be talking about is refer, referring to the pandemic and to um, cost of living crises that are going on in a lot of countries right now, looming referendum. But obviously this is going to be applicable to pretty much any kind of chaotic thing that's going on that could be affecting your brand um but before we do get down to that liz um maybe you could introduce yourself a bit to our audience tell us about who you are and why we're talking about the subject today yeah absolutely um so yeah so uh, currently i i lead marketing for um a company called blue ocean um we are actually uh, a provider of always-on brand intelligence um for 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 marketers um uh, which is just kind of fun after you know a almost 20 year career in in technology i uh i've i've marketed to it pros and developers and cx professionals and business decision makers and it's it's kind of fun to to be targeting um people like myself who are trying to drive impact for an organization um through marketing um I didn't. I didn't actually start out in marketing. Um, I was. Uh, I was in economics uh, uh, from the start, out of out of undergrad. Um, I actually worked for the Department of Justice at the uh, the United States Department of Justice wow, in the very trust cool. division, um, which is ironic because I was trying to sue Microsoft a few <laughs> years before I actually ended up working for them. Um, so, so that was interesting. Um, I took a turn at, at consulting and then uh, got my got my MBA and that's how I ended up um, at Microsoft, which was really where I first stepped into um, both marketing as well as the, the technology industry. And, um, you know, looked at that as, yeah, I'm just gonna do this for, you know, a few years. Um, and it ended up being, you know, 14 and a half, really, really wonderful years of working on different businesses, different audiences. Um, I was predominantly in um, like go-to-market, product marketing, engagement marketing type roles. Um, and then I, you know, about after, like I said, about um, 14 and a half years, I uh, decided to to go into a, a smaller company, and I joined a company called Qualtrics, which is um, focused on experience management. And um, I spent four years there leading product marketing, and that was a really great experience of going from a company of fourteen hundred people to I think it was nearly five thousand when I left. Um, went through a big acquisition by um, SAP, and then an eventual um, IPO. So really, uh, really great experience kind of going through that 
um, high growth, um, you know, sort of late stage um, startup experience. And then, you know, as I said, now, now I'm at Blue Ocean at that uh, early, early startup stage where, you know, about a uh, hundred people or so. And um, it's just, it's really exciting to, to be certainly at a company where we're, you know, it's, it's building from the ground up, you know, this, we're, we're implementing, you know, our first marketing infrastructure where we just had our first webinar a few weeks ago. And then um, also being part of, you know, a, a mission, as I said, to, to help other marketers like me um, make faster, more confident decisions and really quantify the impact of brand investments, which has been something that's, that's super, you know, elusive, um, you know, in the, in the marketing discipline. And, and then I think, you know, back to all of our challenges around the pandemic and, um, and now, you know, the economy and inflation and looming recession, you know, the, the importance of brand is, is something that really not just marketers, but really all business leaders, you know, need to be thinking about because we've seen that with the, the pandemic. Yes. A lot of organizations kind of closed shop, um, but a lot of brands started too. And, um, and a lot of brands managed to weather the pandemic because they were strong brands. They had those strong relationships with the, their customers and, and now the same thing, right? As we think about um, the, the, the cost of living increases and pressures on budget, um, the great re resignation, reshuffling of you know, employer brand, that emphasis on brand is, has got to be, you know, front and center for organizations to think about how they they weather these times. And so it's a it's a really exciting place for for me to be in, in my career. Definitely, definitely. And when you when you we're talking about governing the brand due, during these moments of turmoil, we're not just talking about externally with customers. You did mention the employee, but that that is just as important the the interior, the internal branding as well, like keeping people engage mm -hmm. with the company when they're obviously going to be worried about things that are going on in their own lives. Um, and I imagine that's got to be doubly difficult in a smaller company because you, you have a lot more of like a personal connection with the people you work with in a big company. Sure. These things still have a big impact, but you're a little bit more removed from them. Is that, is that something you've, you found when you're, when you're taking these things into account uh, since you've moved to blue ocean? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, it's interesting. Um, we actually did uh, some recent research on, um, we have like about 6,000 brands that are currently being analyzed on our platform. And we did some analysis on what were brand health factors that were um, most important to uh, driving revenue growth, right? Because we're all, <laughs> we're all interested in, in a world of, you know, prioritization, what to go focus on. And the number one factor that was most highly correlated with revenue growth was employee support, right? And and I think we're we're all we've all kind of like felt that right over these last couple of years. But like you, when you really see see the data like that in in such a stark way of saying, you know, you, you cannot spending time on re-recruiting, re-onboarding, you know, um, re-retaining employees at a time when you have all this other stuff going on, like that is such a a drag for an organization, particularly if you are, you know, just starting out and, and trying to build your brand and, you know, are, are really, um, you know, you, you're, you're trying to really prioritize your, your resources. Um, and, and I think it's, it's also, you're, you're, you can't deliver 
the, the, the brand on the brand expectations unless you have those employees in place, right? Because this brand isn't just about that um, awareness campaign or the Super Bowl ad, right? Like, yes, there's a lot of work that's done to set expectations out in the market um, to attract customers, but you have to deliver on them. And you have to deliver on them through your product or service. You have to um, deliver on them through your sales experience, through um, your uh, um, customer support experiences. And, and those, are, those are employees that are doing that work. And so um, even as you know, small as we are and just starting out, you know, we're very much focused on um, how, how we're engaging, motivating, um, and cultivating our employees as the best ambassadors of our brand and, and thinking about how, how that employee support is, is helping us, you know, achieve the, the brand strength that we need to certainly continue to grow, but also like weather some of these, these challenging times. Definitely, definitely, because you need the employees who are passionate and willing to go the extra mile to be able to deliver for your customers during trying yeah. times as well. So it is a bit of a loop, I suppose. Um, like if you're losing employees, you're not going to be able to service your customers well. If you're retaining employees, you're going to be able to service your customers, if not the same, but better. Exactly. But at the end, and then they, there are times when you have to make decisions about that are going to impact your customers and impact your um your employees so maybe maybe we can dig into that a little bit like how how do you how do you manage those expectations like who who what is your duty of care i suppose when it comes to maintaining that both those sides of the business and both uh, those sides of your role as a cmo yeah i mean i i think you know at the end of the day you 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 have to you have to think about an accountability to 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 the business um and how are you going to achieve business goals. And then you have to think about how are we, you know, cut, delivering on customer value, right? If, if you're, you're thinking about the, um, the customer first and what are the ways to deliver value? And even when there's, there's tough trade-off decisions, um, how, how do you keep that, that customer value, you know, front and center? And, I feel like, you know, and sometimes people think maybe those could be at odds with decisions that you make about, you know, your, your employees, but I actually don't think they, they are at odds if you really sit down and, and ground yourself in those goals, right? So um, how do we go deliver great customer value? Again, it's about how do we think about hiring and, and motivating and keeping an engaged, you know, workforce to be able to, to deliver on that value. Um, when we think about the, the decisions that we're making as a company and the trade-offs we're making, well, you're, you're aligning and rallying the employee workforce around the decisions that are going to go drive, you know, success for the business and success for the customer. And that can be, you know, sometimes people get unhappy with the trade-offs that are made, right? You know, product roadmaps can't always be delivered at once. We can't always do all the marketing campaigns we want. But when you when you set those decisions in the context of the, the vision or the North Star that you're trying to achieve, um, that can give employees a lot of, of, of comfort and understanding of, okay, there's, there's a reasoning for why we're making these decisions and we're still keeping you know, the business and the customer at, at the forefront. And that's something that, you know, 
we can get behind, right? Like every every everybody needs to be a steward of of the brand mission and and the goal to to drive value. And I think if you continue to have that be the framework for decision making, that that helps keep um, you know. Uh, employees sort of motivated even during these tough times. And then I think it's just, it's always listening, right? Like we, we have to have a lot of empathy. You know, we, we, you know, in recent years, there's been a lot of conversation around customer empathy, which is, which is very important, right? It's, again, especially right now with, with all the hardships that our customers are facing, but having employee empathy, like hearing them out and, and understanding that, these are tough and scary times. Um, and, you know, there is a lot of uncertainty um, and, and being, being empathetic to that. But then again, providing that, that vision and framework for decision-making so it doesn't feel like there's just a bunch of knee-jerk reactions happening um, because that just adds, right? It's almost the ambiguity and, um, and craziness of decision-making is I think almost more harmful than the actual trade-off decisions themselves, you know, when it comes to employee morale. And so, um, you know, having that, that structured approach, approach that transparency of, of communication can do a lot to kind of calm the waters for, for employees. Sure. Sure. And, and employees that feel reassured, they're likely to make that known as well, particularly in, in startup situations in smaller companies. They're often the, the biggest evangelist you have for the brand going on LinkedIn, posting about the good things that your brand has been doing to support them. That is a good sign. And your customers, even in the B2B world, they'll pay attention to that. Like, we're gone are the days where we think of B2B as just being purely clinical and rational. An emotional connection to your brand and shared values is very, very important. And that includes how you treat your employees. Like if you're laying off loads of employees, and a brand you're working with a company that is very about supporting employees, they're likely to not work with you anymore because it doesn't reflect well on them. It, it, exactly. I mean, I, I think, yeah, as a consumer and a purchaser of B2B technology myself, like that, that's very important where we all care about what businesses stand for. And, you know, most of us are employees ourselves. And so we, we don't want to see you know, bad behavior kind of reflected in, in the businesses that we, we do work with. And, and I would just say on your, your point about B2B, right, it, it is an emotional connection. I mean, when you think about, again, especially right now with everything going on, I mean, people's, people's livelihoods are at stake, right? Like people who's, who have built these businesses, they're, they're, their life's work, right? Um, their professional careers a, a lot of times are on the line. You know, I just made a really big um, technology decision for, for Blue Ocean um, for our marketing infrastructure. And that's, that's how is my company going to be successful? Is my team going to be successful? Am, am I going to be successful, right? With, you know, with the help of this technology and, you know, am I going to be able to prove the ROI of, of that investment? that's, that's emotional, right? That's, that's a lot of emotion tied up to it. So it's not just about the, the speeds and feeds. It's about the, you know, achieving what you're, you're trying to achieve and feeling the confidence that that company is going to be there for you. Um, 
that if something, if you do need help or something goes wrong, you'll have the right support experiences, which again comes back to having really great employees that can can deliver those experiences. So um, brand brand is is equally important in the B2B space as it is the, the B2C. For sure, for sure. And also I think the the shift in how people work as well has changed how we connect to brands like the, the b2b tools that were used to be we only use them in the office now a lot of people they're using them in their homes all the time like i feel like i've built up a much more emotional connection to zoom and slack and other like workplace management tools that i wouldn't necessarily have had when if i was just using it in the office but because it's in my home because yeah. it's a main form of communication with the outside world it's become yeah it's an emotional connection that would be very very disappointed to hear about zoom or slack doing something terrible to their workers because it would make me lose faith in the tools that i'm using in my own home even yeah a hundred percent i mean um yeah like our our lives are very intertwined now so there isn't that clear separation of you know work life and personal life and then also how we're expressed as a person is often through these tools as well and and so that that plays into it too in terms of you know how the the emotional role that they're playing in in your life when it when it comes to making difficult decisions about the brand in your experience how often does marketing have a seat at the table when it comes to making staffing decisions or pricing decisions that could affect customers or or your employees like you have this awareness of the importance of brand and how it might reflect on them, but other other stakeholders might be more focused on the bottom line, the pure revenue streams, like the immediate, like the immediate responses that they need rather than thinking long term. Like how often is marketing actually involved in those decisions, do you feel? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've been um fortunate to have experiences. I think it's gonna differ with with, with companies and, and how they're structured. I think I've been fortunate where um marketing has um, been involved, you know, heavily in those decisions. I think, I think it's important for, for marketing to be very much grounded in the business goals and the overall strategies of the organization. Um, you know, I, I've taken an approach in my career where I've always felt very high accountability to the, the business results and, and sort of carried that through my team in ways that sometimes actually surprised other people, the organization that we were we were sort of taking on um, as much accountability. And so I think then that leads to really strong alignment with and partnership with the rest of the C-suite so that it doesn't feel like there's decisions that are siloed or 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 disconnected. Um, and then, you know, to your point, right, as typically the CMO is that spiritual leader of the brand, right? We hold an important responsibility in keeping the brand strong and keeping that, you know, long-term view in addition to the short-term view, even as you sort of face these, um, you know, tough economic times. And so if you, you start to get to a place where decisions are made in a vacuum or dictated without proper data and context, or again, too much of that short-term view, it can lead to, you know, trouble for the organization. Um, there was an interesting article just recently about um, keeping keeping um, ad spend up even during these times because it may not make a difference so much right now, but when you emerge out of the economic hardship, you're you're actually going to be in a in a lot better place. And so it's it's things like that to kind of um, make sure that 
marketing is is bringing that data to the table and and again just like any function but data is is so important because opinions even in the best of the times can start to to rule decision making when when things get a little um skittish and sketchy but right especially when you're facing these types of times yeah those knee-jerk reactions or um, opinions can start to rule the decision making and I think marketing is in a really good place because of the evolution that we've made, I would say, over the last, you know, decade or so of like so much data um, that we can we can really bring a strong view to the table to 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 drive that decision making and, and inform that decision making and help make the both the right short term and long term decisions, because you will have to make short term. Right. Like, again. In the best of times, you can't do everything you want to do at the same time, right? And so you're always making those 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 trade-offs. Um, but I think if you have you're very much grounded in the the long-term goal of the business and what you're trying to achieve from a revenue perspective and a brand perspective, those short-term milestones should be stepping stones to to achieving that. And so even if you're making short-term decisions, again, back to the, the, the framework, if you make them in the context of how are you going and achieving those longer-term goals, um, hopefully the, the trade-offs aren't too painful and you continue to, to move the business forward um, um, appropriately. And again, I think marketing's got a unique position both in terms of the amount of data we have, but also kind of the end-to-end -end customer journey and life cycle that um, we're increasingly responsible for, um, and we can really help to make decisions that, you know, that have that holistic picture in mind. I suppose as well, being being involved with the decision making from as early as possible gives mm -hmm. you more of an opportunity to craft the messaging around it, make sure it's consistent, whether it's internal or external, because the last thing you want is differing messages going out from different departments or even from individuals within the same team you've got to make sure that in difficult times the whole company is marching to the beat of the same drum and I think a CMO plays an important role in that yeah absolutely absolutely yeah I think um yeah internal comms is just as important as external comms um particularly in a world of you know fast moving you know tech, tech is very fast moving so lots of decisions can be made in short periods of time and you know you can have changes in direction but even regardless of the industry when you have you know a lot of different things going on um, headwinds being able to have that consistency again always pointing to that long-term vision um, the, the 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 rationale behind decision making and doing that in that consistent way does a lot to to keep keep the the ship calm as you sort of steer through through the, the storm for sure for sure um you mentioned the rationale behind decisions and i'm going to circle back to um, a word you mentioned earlier and that was that was transparency how really? how important is transparency when it comes to the reasons behind decisions like do you, is it important to share every single thing about why this decision made at least internally i'm sure you don't want to do that externally because you have <laughs> investors to think of and stuff like that but yeah, yeah. when it comes to internal processes like how do you share when the company's in trouble like do you do you tell them like listen this is this these things might be happening in the future or do you let things go until things are certain yeah it's a good question i think um i would say in general i think 
more transparency is better. Um, you know, as we were saying before, I think, you know, employees understanding the trade-off decisions, how are they made? They weren't just made arbitrarily or, you know, without data, right? Um, it, especially when, you know, uh, it impacts, you know, their, their patch of work, right? If they're having to, to, to put aside things or table things for a while. And so, you know, I think involving them where, where appropriate to help inform decisions and then um, communicating it, um, I think, I think is important. Um, I do think it is important to, to shield the team from like every back and forth that might be happening. Um, you know, there, there can be a lot of debate. Um, I think when also when things might be a little, um, shaky and you feel like a decision's made one day and then like, oh, wait, we gotta, we gotta make a different decision. Um, that ambiguity and constant shift again, I think can be, you know, sometimes more damaging than the, the actual trade-off decisions itself. And so, um, I think that's just a, a balance that as a leader, you have to, you know, kind of understand and, and, and navigate. Um, I think, you know, in terms of like corporate outlook, like if you, I think em employees, employees aren't stupid, right. They, they know that, you know, there, we have a lot of challenging times, um, budgets, consumer and B2B budgets are a lot of pressure, um, they're going to see, you know, are wins coming in or not, or, you know, if, if, if numbers, you know, get, you know, kind of published internally. And so I think being transparent about the headwinds that a, a company is facing is important, but then again, backing that up with, and here's what we're doing and here's the decisions we're making and here's why, and, and having um, realistic uh, optimism, like don't be overly, overly cheerful. And, you know, everything is so great because nobody's going to buy that. And that seems like you're devaluing the uncertainty and fear that, that base, that a lot of employees are feeling right now, but have, have that realistic optimism, you know, as, as leaders, we got to, we need to believe in the vision and the mission. Like if we're not, then, you know, <laughs> who is <laughs> and, and believe in that and inspire that shared vision with employees. Um, but, you know, have the, have the, the realism of what are the headwinds that they're facing and, and how we're approaching it. And I think that employees will appreciate that. Um, and that will give confidence that leadership knows what's going on, knows those challenges, but they're, they're taking the steps to go get there to, to, to make the right things happen. I suppose that confidence, um, yeah, not showing that the constant back and forth that might go into decision-making that, like, yeah. that is a real way to remove confidence. If you're seeing like this kind of back and forth constantly, because at the end of the day, just as you said, you don't want the leadership team to be making knee jerk re reactions. You don't want the, the employees to be making knee-jerk reactions you don't right. want to be suddenly thinking oh no we need to find a new job we need to find a new place to work kind of thing right. like you want you want them to have confidence that they'll, they'll be able to keep working with you for as long as that confidence is realistic I suppose absolutely I mean look the ground is already shaky for for um, employees during times like this we we don't need to shake it any further by showing the the back and forth and feeling like they can't have confidence in the decisions that leadership's making because, oh, well, it's just going to change tomorrow, right? Like we, you can't, 
you can't do that to, to employees. You got to help them feel, re remove as much ambiguity as possible and drive as much clarity as possible and, and acknowledge parts where maybe we can't get the clarity we need over here, but we've got it here. And this is, this is, this is how we move forward. Like, it's all about like, how do you keep people moving forward um, and, and feeling like they've got some stable ground to stand on? For sure, for sure. Um, so I feel like we've we've touched on quite a lot of hypotheticals to do with this. Like let, let's dig into some examples of the the tough decisions that marketers are having to make at the moment about their departments. Like what what are the big things that CMOs have to be thinking about? Like what are the the Sophie's choices that they're all facing? <laughs> yeah, the Sophie's choice. It's funny because I I legitimately use that reference um, <laughs> in talking about difficult trade offs. So it's um, it's funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is, it's always hard, right? You, um, everyone feels lots of pride in the plans that they make. And then, um, and then you have to go and, and change those plans and, and make those, those trade-offs um, happen. Um, you know, I, I think first and foremost, it, it is important not to get, you know, too, too caught up in the, this was my plan and now I've got to like, you know, do something different from the plan. And, and cause that causes a lot of, you know, angst and, and, um, and anxiety. I think really focusing on, you know, Hey, let's, let's have data always available. Um, let's have that, you know, as, as much as we can, um, have always on data understand, you know, the levers that are at your disposal, what were you expecting out of each of those levers? And then you can decide, okay, like I might take away from doing as much paid media, but I can go make it up here, here, and here, you know, with these other levers, right? Because um, I think, even, again, even in the best of times, you have to be agile, right? You're going to have new competitors, new customer perceptions. These things are always changing. And so, you know, thinking more of like, what's your strategic framework for decision-making um, is, and then having the data to help you make those decisions along the way, I think is important. Um, but yeah, certainly budget, right, is is sort of a top of mind. Um, you know, I, I think it was something like 20, in 2020, marketing budgets were, you know, cut by half in terms of like a, of a percentage of, of revenue. And, um, and so then you have to really think about like, where, where, where are you going to, to cut that from, right? Um, and then sometimes you have headcount decisions, you know, and, and I'm sad, a lot of companies are having to go through, you know, layoffs right now, which is, you know, really hard um, to do in the best of times, but knowing it, it's, it's, a, it's a challenging time. And so I think, you know, evaluating program spend and budget spend versus headcount spend and where can you actually um, get get the kind of ROI you need. Um, my team right now, we're doing a lot of our content in-house because we, we actually think that that's a more efficient use of resources given where we are and our knowledge of the, the target audience because we're all marketers. So it's, it's convenient that marketers are our target audience. Um, to go go build that content, and then that allows me to go allocate budget to other things that we don't have the in-house expertise for. So, right, thinking about like, hey, what can be done 
in-house um, versus what things do you really need to go and, um, and, and outsource. Um, paid media decisions around what's going to be most efficient, right? We're, we're an early brand right now at, at Blue Ocean. I'm better served focusing on uh, sponsored content opportunities where I can go fish where the fish are um, versus trying to like spend dollars getting getting people to, to come to my own properties, right? So I think it's just really looking at, um, you know, certainly all at budget, but also just within the budget, how are you thinking about the ROI of, of each of those tactics and and really kind of stack ranking and making decisions about what what what's going to give you the biggest bang for your, for your buck? Um, I also think you know obviously having a very clear sense of of where your brand stands. You know, are you a early brand that's um, still building? That's going to drive different trade-off decisions than a, a more mature brand um, that, that will have different decisions um, to make. Still, still will have to make trade-off decisions. I, I worked at Microsoft for 14 years and there were definitely times where we were having budget cuts and had to you know, think, rethink the, the plan, um, but it's a, it's a different consideration set. Um, I do think one of the, the guiding principles that I try to use is, um, what can what can scale? Um, you know, it's it's easy in when you have resources available to be doing lots of things and, and and trying different things. But how do you focus on trying things that if they work, you can just put easily kind of put more behind it, and it will it, it'll pay off for the business. Um, so kind of the fewer, bigger things um, idea has been a, another principle that I think's worked, you know, for me anyways, in the past and our teams around, you know, how to, how to kind of make some of those, those decisions. So when it, when it comes to sort of these, these contingencies, these being, being, like being aware of what to scale, is it, is it important to have these plans in place in advance, like having an emergency plan that you break open the glass in case of economic turmoil, that kind of thing? Is that, or is that even possible considering all the different variables to be in, influencing that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know that it's, it's possible. I mean, who would have planned a, for a pandemic that, you know, was supposed uh, to be a couple of weeks and ended uh, up a being, smart person, you know, a, a couple person. years, right? <laughs> um, gosh, I still remember that note from my, the school, like, oh, we're just closing school for <laughs> a week, you know, okay. Um, no, I mean, I, I think it goes back to that, you know, ha having, having the, the deep understanding of, of your, your, your business goals, what, what do you need to go achieve? Um, what's that framework that you're in terms of your plan that you're, you're trying to go, um, implement to achieve those goals and then having that ongoing data to say, Hey, you know, you need to to dial up over here, or this thing's not working. You can you can drop it, right? Um, so I, I think it's important to just always have a, an agile mindset um, when it comes to um, your brand and, and your 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 marketing plan. Um, and then I think staying really in tune with the customer, right? Uh, you know, if you're very connected to the customer's value drivers and, and what they care about, and then, you know, how whatever's happening is, is impacting them, 
um, that's going to help you respond to these circumstances and, and really stay, stay relevant. You know, so for instance, we've been shifting some of our content messaging to really, you know, address what organizations are, are facing right now in terms of, you know, worrying about free cash flow. Um, how do you kind of weather these types of times? What does it mean to have a strong brand? How do you go activate that brand and, you know, efficient, scrappy ways, right? Um, it's still, it's still our plan. It's still our approach, but we're, we're staying very much in touch with what customers care about and reorienting things to, to focus on what matters now. And, and that's what I think is most important for organizations to, to figure these times out is staying really in touch with your competitors and, or your, your customers and what your competitors are doing um, and having that agility and flexibility to, um, to still take the good plan, but point it in the direction that you need to. And I suppose staying, keeping this strong connection with customers as well allows you to sort of, I don't want to say take liberties with them, but they're more willing to accept certain things needing to be scaled back. If, if you've already built that really strong brand relationship with them, like if you, if you say, listen, we're not going to be able to launch certain features with your product in as part of the roadmap because of what's going on. If you've kept them aware of what's going on and you, and they're already emotionally connected to you, they, they're going to be hopefully okay with that. Usually okay with that. I would, I would say in modern business. I, I agree. And it, again, it goes back to that, like, how do you, how do you keep your, your, your brand strong and your brand being that full relationship with your customer, not just the, the Super Bowl ad, but when they call for customer support or, you know, they're um, using your product or service, when you have that strong brand, there is that forgiveness there of, hey, maybe, you know, things aren't as innovative now as, you know, they, they could be when, when there's more resourcing or um, maybe customer service models have to change a little bit. But um, when you have that emotional connection, there, you said it perfectly, there's more forgiveness around that because, you know, customers are humans too, right? And, and they're going through likely similar things for, for their business. And so um, that's just why it's always important to you know, constantly be thinking about the the building that relationship and building that brand because that's going to help you know through through times like this. And I'm sure it's important to maintain certain relationships internally to make weathering these mm -hmm. these water these difficult waters um, more. I don't want to say easy because uh, that's contra contrasting what I just said, but yeah, just making it possible to navigate these waters even. Um, the, the, like internal stakeholders maintaining relationship with them as a CMO mm -hmm. has got to be important. Like, who are the most important when it comes to weathering these trying times? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there is a bit of a, an essential alliance between the CMO and the CFO. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as you think about the the business and what we're trying to achieve in terms of revenue and free cash flow and when budget decisions are being made. And so um, having that strong partnership with the CFO, helping them understand um, everything that we're seeing from a marketing perspective, kind of end to end, what, what are our goals and expected return on investments? Um, where 
the brand is is driving value. I think all of those things are really important to have that that strong relationship and um, shared understanding. Uh, I think then makes things smoother as you know concerns increase around you know pipeline. Are we going to achieve the goals and do we need to cut budgets and things like that? So I, I think that that's a that's an important partnership. Um, I I think. You know, it, it, sales, of course, like in the in the B two B world. Um, you know, I think that's that's always an important partnership because of you know how 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 is marketing setting the table for for sales, but also helping you know accelerate the progression of, of opportunities and accelerating that conversion. Sales is the is the front line, so they're hearing firsthand what's happening with customers, how they're reacting to things, the, their concerns about budget and ROI. And, and so that's really valuable information for us to kind of feed back into um, the, the marketing approaches. Um, and similarly, customer success. So post-sales, um, how, how are customers act, actually extracting value from the product? Um, where are their um, challenges in that that value exchange that need to be addressed. Um, what seems to be really singing for customers? Because again, we can sort of roll that back into marketing um, efforts. Um, and then, it, you know, it, back to the the research I mentioned that Blue Ocean did. An, a, another, I think it was the third most correlated brand health factor with with revenue growth was um, audience reviews. Um, you know, as you think about the the dark funnel, right, of, you know, customers, prospective customers deeply researching your organization before you even know who they are, before they filled out a form, they're looking at those review sites. I think it was something like 60 some percent of, of B2B buyers want six good reviews before they they make a decision. And so having that strong, engaged customer base that um, can advocate on your behalf is super powerful. And it's, it's, it's marketing that doesn't like, quote unquote, cost a lot, you know, as you think about, um, you know, budgets and spends and media campaigns, right? So how are you kind of activating the, the best represent, representatives of, of your value customers to, to help share the news, right? So I think that partnership with with customer successes is super important. Um, and then of course, as a like lifelong product marketer, I have to call out the product team because course, you know yeah. um, you have to continue to build value and, and deliver on, on, on value in, in new and different ways um, so that you can continue to, to, to stay competitive and um, respond to these, these changing market conditions. And again, marketing plays a really um, important role in, in being able to work with the product team on, on helping bring some of those insights into the product team. But of course, that once we have those, you know, new products, new features, how do we bring those to market in a way that is going to really resonate, um, resonate with customers? Excellent. Excellent. So Liz, we've, we've covered a lot. We've covered internal employee branding during these times. We've covered customer relationships. We've covered key stakeholders. 
let's is, is there a way we can sort of tie this together like like some golden rules for for navigating difficult times as a, as a cmo or head of marketing like just to tie things in together at the end here yeah i think um you know as i as i was preparing to to join blue ocean kind of preparing for the role and i was i was thinking about you know cmos and there was a lot of discussion around how cmos have changed over you know the years um while at the same time there's been increasing pressure on the CMOs. I think we we've hit the lowest average tenure in a decade is the the stat that I've I've seen. You know, it's like writing my own obituary every day. <laughs> um, you know, I I I was I was sort of getting grounded in a couple of themes of what it meant to be successful for you know for CMOs to be successful. And I think those are just extra important now, you know, given the time. I think um, the first one was is really around that business accountability, you know, again, like being very much grounded in um, what what are what are the business goals and what's that kind of daisy chain of, of numbers that gets, you know, the marketing impact that drives those business outcomes. Um, I think that's just more and more critical as there's as CMOs are being asked to be more accountable to the business and there's obviously more pressure on the ROI of investments. Um, I think the second one is just around that holistic approach, right? So again, I think CMOs are in this unique position of looking at the end-to-end -end customer journey. So we're partnering with um, sales teams and product teams and customer success teams. And I think, you know, as you think about building that strong brand that not only sets those expectations, but delivers on them, um, I think that's that's an important place for, for CMOs to be certainly customer obsessed, but really think about that end-to-end, -end, you know, connected experience that the organization needs to, to build for, for their customers. Um, and, you know, and then I think maybe not specific to, to CMOs, but I do think, you know, about, about leadership, right. And, and how you think about, um, building your team and motivating your team, um, particularly during tough times. Um, I, my years of, of leading during the pandemic were some of the most difficult and emotionally draining, but, but also like wonderful in a way because our, the team was so connected because we were all going through this really awful time together. And, um, and I think we, we, we spent a lot of time making sure that we had empathy for each other. We understood what each other was going through. Um, and, and then you, you layer on that sort of some of the like professional things, like what are, what are people trying to do in their careers? What energizes them? What drains them? And then making sure that you're building building a team with that in mind and that you're, you're keeping those, you know, communication um, paths open, you're driving clarity and um, reducing ambiguity when you can. It's, it, it's always important. I think we have a, a privileged opportunity as leaders of, of people to, to help people grow their careers, but it's extra critical right now when you've got so much going on in people's personal lives, as well as, you know, impacting the business. For sure, for sure. That's a, that's a great note to end on there, Liz. Um, like, uh, but yeah, like the, the stuff we've talked about, like it's relevant to 
to CMOs, but yeah, it's, it's relevant just in, to leaders in general in business. So I think that was a great note to, to end on there. And as I said at the top of the episode, this is something that's very relevant to not just what's going on right now. I'm sure there's going to be more crises in the future. I'd, I'd like to be an optimist, but there's, of course, there's yeah. going to be trying times for us in the future and for business in the future. So yeah, this is going to be this will be a conversation that hopefully we don't have to keep having. And hopefully people take these, this messaging on board and how employees need to be supported and how customers need to be supported. But we'll have to see it in the future, I suppose. Won't yeah. We? Yeah, or at least we can have conversations around what we've learned about yes. weathering it. Um, because yeah, I agree. I think we we still have some some challenging times ahead of us. We do, we do. But we look forward to well, we don't look forward to them, but we'll we will face them all together, I'm sure. Yeah. And um right. yeah, and I'm sure our audience has enjoyed listening to this conversation. Well, and I keep using the wrong terms, enjoyed probably um, appreciated this conversation because we have discussed some fairly difficult things uh, today um, but yeah we'll be back soon with some more CMO combos. Right, sounds great thanks Will.